Good morning, everyone. Welcome to another episode of the What's Up webcast. My name is Kevin Lagore. I'm the product specialist for Skywatcher. Uh, we do this every Friday, 10 a.m. Pacific, right here at the Skywatcher USA YouTube channel. And we cover everything from what's up in the nighttime sky to equipment to helpful tips and tricks on imaging and uh, visual work. And then, of course, the last Friday of the month, we have a special guest on to talk about their specialty in the field of astronomy. Uh, if you've never joined us before, like I said, we do this every Friday, 10 a.m. Pacific. Most of it is pretty much live at the time of airing, unless we need to pre-record something because of time. Um, I do want to make a real quick note. Uh, this morning, the electrical company has been working down the street on something. I think they're done, but... I've had two small outages this morning, so if this episode just happens to go dead all of a sudden, um, we will have to redo uh, this moving forward on a later date. Uh, but I think we'll be okay, but just if something disappears, that's what happened. Um, but thanks for your understanding and your patience on all that. And yeah, so if we go dead later, we're, we'll just redo the episode at a later date, but I think we'll be okay. Anyway... Uh, so today we're talking equipment, and that's, you know, a lot of us have a favorite on that, so let's just jump right into it. Today we're talking about the AZ-EQ6. Um, now we do these overview videos on pretty much all of our hardware. You know, we get a lot of questions on, you know, different things um, on, our, on our products, so we try to make sure every product line or every product gets their own overview at some point. So we haven't done one on a particular thing you're looking for, we'll get around to it especially this year. Um, but if you, anyway, but if you like the What's Up webcast, please go ahead and subscribe to the channel. Let's us know we're doing a good job. Maybe leave a like on a video. Um, let's us know that we should keep doing it. If you have any ideas for future episodes, go ahead and email us at info at skywatcherusa.com and title it What's Up. Um, it does take a couple months to schedule everything. We usually do it in quarters. So if there is an episode that you gave us an idea on, we haven't done it yet. Um, it still doesn't mean we haven't passed it. It just means we're you know trying to figure out where it fits in the schedule. Um, if you do want to keep up with what's going on, you can go to our website up at the top, hit subscribe and save, put your email in there, and then you'll get an email about what's going on, any new stuff, uh, wink, wink, nudge, nudge. Um, that you might want to know about or just keeping in the loop on what's going on here at Skywatcher, including the uh, What's Up webcast for uh, the week. So that's how you can keep up with all of that. Now, with that being said, let's get to the fun stuff where we talk about gear. Um, so like I said, this week we're talking about the AZ-EQ6. Um, this mount isn't new. It's been around for quite a while, but it is a very popular mount globally because of its uh, unique capabilities and it really does fit uh, an interesting niche for those who are looking for what this mount does. So I'm going to try to go over what those specifications are. And um, hopefully that's helpful for you in the future if you're considering something like this. So overall, uh, the AZ-EQ6, 44-pound uh, payload capacity, that's per side because the mount can do equatorial and alt-as capabilities. Uh, the saddles are both D and V, uh, which means you can use like a Los Mondi plate or a Vixen style plate on both saddles. It makes it for pretty much anything on the market. You can pretty much mount onto this thing. It is a belt drive. Um, this was actually, I think this was the first Skywatcher uh, mount to feature the belt drive system. Um, that is now something that has come into, uh, it was either that or the 
EQ8. I can't remember which one was out first, but it was one of the first ones that has belt drive. Um, it was the first one to have belt drive on both axes. Um, the original EQ8 only had it on the right ascension, not the deck. Um, unlike the modern EQ8Rs that have belt on both axes. But then, of course, that also led... The belt drive technology found its way into the AZ EQ5 um, and now the very popular EQ6R. Um, but this was one of the first ones that uh, featured the belt drive system. Um, it has a built-in polar scope. All of our polar scopes are pretty much aligned at the factory. Um, there's a lot of people that get our mounts and they go into the manual and says, oh, here's how to calibrate or here's how to align my polar scope. Um, most of the time that's there just so you know if you have to adjust it. But most of the time, you shouldn't even have to touch the polar scope reticle when you get a new mount. They are collimated to the center axis of the mount from the factory. Please don't mess with them. It just will open up a bigger headache. Uh, and this mount also features an illuminated polar scope inside. You can adjust the brightness through the hand controller. So that's kind of a cool feature. Um, most Skywatcher stuff, it's the typical SynScan hand controller, 42,000 plus object database. Um, and you can actually add some user stuff in there as well. Standard ST4 guide port for, you know, guiding. Um, the latest mounts, however, do have a built-in USB-B port on the side plate, just like the, the EQ6Rs do right now. Um, they actually use the same motor board, um, which makes it easier to support the mounts. Um, but they have a USB-B on the side plate there, so you, it makes it for easy um, connection to our SynScan uh, Pro app for Windows. Um, I guess you could use EQMod through there. I don't have a lot of experience with EQMod. Um, or it makes it easy to update the motor controller if needed. So the latest versions of the AZ EQ6 do have that USB side port. Uh, it has the snap port there, so you can actually plug your DSLR um, or mirrorless camera that's sitting on your telescope. You can plug it into the side of the mount, and you can actually set up a whole uh, sequence uh, to trigger that camera through the hand controller like an intervalometer which is really kind of cool because then you don't have to drag out a laptop if you're using a mirrorless or a DSLR camera. Um, that's kind of a cool, uh, neat feature there that is on a lot of our mounts, but uh, the AZ EQ6 was one of the first ones to actually feature that uh, snap port capability, um, which does help streamline things um, at this point uh, if you're doing that kind of work. Or you can just hook it up to your laptop if you want. That's totally up to you, but that's the basic hardware specs of the AZ EQ6, um, but a lot of people want to know like the nitty gritty of these mounts, so we'll take a look inside of an AZ EQ6. Uh, first off, uh, most of our mounts, including the AZ EQ6, uh, use stepper motors. These are fairly high torque uh, motors. The nice thing about um, a stepper motor, and there's a big argument, it'll go back and forth on, you know, stepper versus servo, um, which one's better. Um, both types are used across the industry, and they both have their pluses and minuses. Um, nice thing about stepper motors is they have no internal gearbox. Um, a servo motor has little tiny gears inside of it, um, and every time you have a gear mating with another gear, it opens it up to backlash, and you can wear out gears over time. Stepper motors have no internal gearbox, so there's no backlash from that. So inside of an EQ, or I'm sorry, an AZ EQ6, the only gears that are mating or meshing with each other are the worm and the main ring gear, one on the deck and one on the right ascension. That is the only place where there is a gear um, meshing with another gear 
inside of these mounts so it makes backlash reduced quite a bit um servo motors also have higher torque so it can throw stuff around it might also require a little bit more power a lot of our modern mounts do require about 12 volt 3 amps worth of power um, when they're both running at uh, both axes are running at full speed like when you're slewing if you're going to be below 3 amps on that uh, there might be some weird things happening uh, we found that to be true um, with the EQ6R when it came out, there's a lot of people who are starting to power their mount through, you know, like these control boxes that are coming out. Um, a note on that, it's best to power your mount on its own supply. I do not recommend running it through these power boxes that are out now because you've got a lot of other stuff plugged into it. you got your camera, maybe a filter wheel, maybe a focuser, a guider, a dew heater. Dew heaters are going to soak up a ton of power. And then the mount is going to also take a couple amps um, or several amps from that. So those control boxes are ideally used for cable management. It rides on the telescope. It's really made to simplify your cable management and all the stuff that you've got on your telescope. Instead of having a flying spaghetti monster on top of your mount, you can route everything nice and neat up to that and just have one USB and one power cable coming off of that. Um, that's really what I believe those are intended for. I know people can run their power off of the mount, but I would recommend just running the mount off of its own power and all your hardware that's running on the telescope can go up to the control box so it makes it nice and clean. But um, another thing is we don't have any encoder wheels inside of the AZ EQ6. Um, the stepper motors allow the steps to be counted inside of there so it can kind of keep position on that. Um, like I said, it is a belt drive on uh, both axes. It uses a, like a rubber Kevlar belt, very similar to a timing belt inside of a car. Um, they're not just rubber. Um, we have a lot of people ask, you know, can I buy replacement belts? You know, are they going to crack and stuff? I guess over time they could. These aren't going through a lot of high speed movement like, you know, say a car belt would. Um, but they're not just rubber belts. They do have woven fibers um, inside of them. So they are very strong. They hold their shape very well. Very, very rarely do we ever have to switch a belt out. We have mounts come in for repair. And very rarely do I ever have to touch a belt. So they are made to last. And they are made to be used in various temperatures. Um, so don't worry too much about the belts. We do carry them if you really, really need them. But it's really not much of an issue. Um, gearing. The gears is really the same as we've seen through multiple generations of the the eq6 line starting with the neq6 um the az eq6 the eq6r they use kind of the same overall gearing got a big brass uh right ascension uh gear in both ra and deck and then you have a stainless steel worm on both axes as well so you really are getting a very high quality machined gear um, inside of there um, so that's something that, uh, you don't have to worry too much. I have people who've written in, they're like, oh, I'm having bad performance. I stripped the gears. There's man, if you stripped a gear in an EQ six, you must've dropped that thing off of a three story balcony and sheared it off because these are very hard, um, gears. So you cannot, it's very, very, very difficult to damage, uh, something like this. So also, please don't take apart your mount to find any of this stuff. It's just don't. So, 
um, mount connections. Um, so this has been updated. Um, there's a lot of people that have had the AZ EQ6 uh, for a while. It's like I said, it's not a new mount in any way, shape, or form. Um, it's been out for a while, but uh, a couple years ago, um, there was a board change in the EQ6R, and the, this also affected the AZ EQ6. Um, because there was a new board. The new board, it's called the MC15 board. Um, it's been shipping for a while at this point. Features a USB-B on the side panel there. Um, it has your typical RJ45 uh, controller, you know, basically an Ethernet port. Um, fun fact, if you need a longer cable for your hand controller, you can use up to a six-foot Ethernet cable um, if you need further reach. Uh, we don't sell longer coiled cables but a basic ethernet cable um i think about six feet might be able to go longer but after a while you're going to run into connection issues because it's you know there's not a ton of electricity running through there but up to six feet you should be pretty solid if you need a longer hand controller that's pretty much true with all of our eq mounts uh by the way so if you need some help on that um we have a typical st4 guide port I know none of you know what that is anymore because you're all guiding through USBs or whatever, but an ST4 is still very solid. I will take a serial connection any day over a USB. Um, it's just more solid in my opinion. Um, I know people have jumped on me before being like, why wouldn't you use USB? Because I don't. Um, sorry. Um, it's compatible with all major guiders on the market today. You know, that's pretty standard um, for anybody. Uh, you know, standard guide port, ST4 port. You can use pretty much any kind of guide camera that you'd like. Um, so give that a go. You should be all set there. Um, I know there's a couple questions in here just while we're on the section here. Um, why brass for the ring gear? I don't know, actually. I'm not the engineer, so I would have to ask why brass is used. It's, I don't know. That's a good question, but I don't know. It's probably just, it's a good metal to make a gear out of that's pretty solid. Um, I don't know, to be perfectly transparent. Uh, can I buy belts for an EQ6R? Yes, we have them in stock. Uh, just email support at skywatcherusa.com. Uh, Skywatcher USA, um, or at least Skywatcher here in North America, we only handle the, uh, the U.S. and Canada at this time. Um, we carry parts. I cannot speak for anybody beyond our region, and we only can supply parts to our region. So there you go. Uh, Ethernet straight through or twisted? Um, I think just a regular Ethernet cable. Um, I don't think it has to be anything fancy. I've done it before. It's just whatever's on the shelf should be fine. So hopefully that answers those just quick questions in there um, on that. Um, just because we're on the section, it's easier to just dive into that. Um, the USB-B that's on the modern AZ EQ6, uh, that's a direct connect to PC. Um, and uh, that basically allows you to use our SynScan Pro app for Windows without a hand controller. I believe you can also use EQ Mod, but again, I don't have a lot of experience with EQ Mod, so I don't want to speak any further on that because I don't have the experience to speak from a position of you know knowledge on that um, 
you can also do motor controller updates. It makes it really quick if you go through that route. Um, you might need prolific drivers. We have prolific drivers on our support page, uh, Skywatcher USA's support page or the prolific drivers. They're also should be on the global website um, somewhere in the driver pages there. But um, if you have a new machine, I have a lot of people who are like, hey, it doesn't work. Hey, it doesn't connect. Um, it might be because your machine needs a driver to recognize that particular USB port. And we have those prolific drivers um, up on our website if you need to make that connection. Um, but yeah, that's what the USB-B there is for. It's just to simplify it. The hand controllers also have a USB-B on them, the V5 controllers, which is the current, as of this video, production controller. Also has that capability um, inside or on the bottom of the controller there. There is a USB-B, which can be used for um, updating. So... Saddles. Um, let's talk about the saddle here. Uh, like I said earlier, a saddle on the um, AZ EQ6 is a DV saddle, which is awesome because there's so many of us nowadays that have multiple telescopes, myself included, and there's just different saddles for different telescopes. Um, it's uh, so you have the Los Mondi or the D style plate, and you also have the Vixen or V style plate. Um, it has both capabilities um, on this mount. So uh, there are upgrade saddles that you can get from like ADM that are very nice. Um, but you don't have to go out and basically buy a DV saddle um, to modify it. Um, you can get a very nice machined one from ADM, like I said, as a replacement if you'd like. Um, but out of the mount, out of the box, um, the mount can handle both D and V plates, which makes it very convenient. So you don't really have to worry if you get one, if your telescope is going to be compatible because those are the only major plates on the market and it should work and be good to go right out of the box. So um, we use a clamp style um, saddle. So it, it has screws that basically compress part of the saddle. I don't think I have one. I do not have one right here with me. Um, but part of the saddle actually uh, pulls together, so it doesn't actually mar up the dovetails. Um, you know, dovetails are really just made to get chewed up and used, um, in my opinion. But these won't mark up your, your dovetails. They don't use screws that, like, dig into it. It is a clamp uh, mechanism, which is very solid. It has two spring-loaded, big spring-loaded screws, um, so it can keep even the largest loads that go on this mount. Uh, are pretty solid. You don't have to worry about it going anywhere um, if needed. So, um, now this is an alt as mount. Um, so, the one of the unique things about it is you can actually not put just one in alt as mode, but you can put two um, on the uh, counterweight bar. The toe saver threads off. There's a machined flat portion there, and we do include a secondary saddle. And it's a DV saddle as well that bolts onto the end of the counterweight bar. And you can actually mount the second saddle there to mount a wide field telescope or a camera or whatever you want to do. I've seen all kinds of awesome combinations there. Um, but you do get both saddles inside the box. So you're able to do the Altaz or dual Altaz configuration if you like, which is it's kind of cool for multiple outlets. Um, we'll kind of get into that here in a little bit on different things that you can do. We have a couple different customers and other companies that have these mounts that use them for a variety of different uh, purposes. But that is the unique thing about the AZ-EQ6 is the ability for it to go full out as and be able to hold a fair amount of weight on both sides. You're looking at about 40, 44 pounds per side 
um, in alt as mode and it's it can be pretty solid we've actually had an esprit 150 and an esprit 120 on each side and it worked pretty well so um for any other questions i'm going to try to get to them towards the end so just hang on and we have a moderator uh watching that so he's passing the questions on to me so i i'm not skipping your questions but i'll get to them towards the end um at this point um polar scope uh, our polar scope's pretty much the same on all of our products there um there's some things i do want to get into details on real quick uh, number one, it is illuminated and it is dimmable uh, through the hand controller. I think even the SynScan Pro app, if you've got the Wi-Fi dongle um, that you can add to this, you can dim it and adjust it through there, which is kind of neat. Um, but it is an illuminated polar scope. It is aligned from the factory too, so you shouldn't have to mess with it. Um, it also has an eyepiece on the back. If you're looking at this or you haven't seen one in person, the knurled section here, you can actually focus uh that polar scope if you need to so that's um you probably will have to focus it on a brand new mount out of the box just to get it to where you'd like like it to be now one thing that comes up quite a bit about our polar scope is people get it and they look through it and they're like hey this isn't made for the northern hemisphere what the heck's going on why would you sell me a polar scope that's only able to be used in the southern hemisphere what the heck's going on with you guys it's not Skywatcher sells globally. We, we sell in the Northern Hemisphere and in the Southern Hemisphere. So it doesn't really make a lot of sense for us to make one reticle for each hemisphere. Um, the polar scopes and all of our mounts can be used in both hemispheres. Imagine that, thinking out of the box. Um, the Northern Hemisphere, um, you only need to focus on the circular grid of the reticle. Um, that's all you got to worry about. You can use like Polar Scope Align Pro or all these apps that are out there now. Even our own uh, SynScan Pro app that you can get for Android and iOS have a Polar Scope clock. Um, you don't have to calibrate the dials on the back of the, red the Polar Scope anymore. Just rotate it, get it into position, and the app will tell you where on the circular uh, grid Polaris should be. Duplicate that by adjusting the altitude and azimuth of the mount. And put Polaris there and you're all set. Then return the mount to its home position. Telescope north, weights down. And turn it on and start your alignment process. Pretty simple and straightforward. Um, but I understand there is Octans. The constellation Octans is on the reticle. If you're in the northern hemisphere, just ignore it. It has nothing to do with you. That is for our friends in the southern hemisphere. So now in the southern hemisphere, like I said... There's Octans is on the polar scope there. So that way you can actually, like I said, you could use it in both hemispheres. So if you get one of these or any one of our um, equatorial mounts, uh, by the way, it is not a one trick pony polar scope. You can use it in both sides. So, um, or both parts, both sides of the equator. So don't worry about it. It is, it is one reticle to rule them all. So there you go. That's our polar scope. Uh, they also come pre-aligned from the factory, so you don't have to worry too much about it. Um, you shouldn't have to mess with it when you get it out of the box. It is ready to go once you get it. Now, a really unique thing about the AZ-EQ6, it's not found in a lot of our mounts. There's a handful of them out there that do have it. It's called Freedom Find. Um, what is Freedom Find? It's because it is kind of a unique thing to us. Freedom Find is a secondary set of encoders. It's like digital setting circles. 
Um, basically, what that allows you to do is once you've done or once you've done a uh, alignment on you know a couple like a single star, two star, three star, whatever you've done. Once you've aligned your mount, a big issue with a lot of things is oh I bumped my mount, I lost my alignment because a lot of mounts, including like the EQ6 and a lot of other popular mounts have the encoder on the worm or maybe the encoder is the stepper where it's it's counting the steps that are moving um and if a mount is moved um on its axis like if the clutch slips or something like that the motor or the encoder isn't going to acknowledge that that movement occurred because the worm didn't move um it's only moving its typical tracking amount but it's not reading that there was this sudden shift so now your alignment's lost, and now you have to redo any everything, and it's not fun. Freedom Find um, has is a secondary set of encoders. There's an encoder on the right ascension and the declination rider on the gears, um, the main gearing. There's a plate in there, an encoder plate, um, and there's another encoder that's reading each position of that. So if that is actually moved, it reads the ticks that it's actually been moved. And that way your alignment hasn't been lost. Now this can be used in AZ or EQ6 mode. Um, and you can also turn this feature off, which does improve GoTo, uh, by the way, uh, as far as positioning goes. That's one thing where it's like, it's not pointing exactly the way I want it. Um, it's really kind of a cool feature for visual work. It's kind of like an equatorial daub, if you will. You can use it in Altaz as well. But that means, you know, if you just want to kind of throw the scope across the sky where it's like oh i know where this is or i know where that is you can loosen the clutches manually move it over there and you haven't lost your star alignment so it's kind of a neat feature um it's found in several other uh telescopes um out there as well so that we produce as well as mounts not all of them so please read the specs if that's something you're really after um but it is something in some of the mounts out there um but it's kind of a unique feature of that. But if you're going to be doing imaging with it, um, I would turn it off. Um, that way it's not getting readouts from two different encoders. It does help um, as far as accuracy goes. Um, it's you can it's called the aux encoders. I think it's in utilities or setup. It's in one of those menus. You can turn that off. So, yeah, that is uh, Freedom Fine. And that's pretty typical on the AZ-EQ6. One thing I didn't really discuss on the AZ-EQ6 uh, presentation here is that it does have slip clutches. Uh, so you can lock it down, but it doesn't ever truly lock down. Um, it makes it really easy to manually move it around if you need because the clutch is a slip clutch, um, but you can adjust the amount of pressure that is on the clutch there to be good to go there. So anyway, that's Freedom Find. Um, it's kind of a cool feature. It's found on most of our DOBs, AZ-EQ6, AZ-GTI, um, AZ-EQ5, and the older EQ8 has Freedom Find. So uh, let's dive a little bit further. Um, let's using an AZ-EQ6. So again, the AZ-EQ6 can be converted. It's a very unique mount. There's not a lot of mounts on the market that can do this um there are there are other ones out there um there's a very large adjustment screw on the back of an az eq6 which basically allows you to adjust the latitude of the mount so however high polaris or wherever your pole is located in the sky there's a big nice you know bolt that allows you to adjust everything up and down 
Well, on an AZ EQ6, you're actually able to take that all the way up to 90 degrees, um, which allows you to bring it into alt-as mode. And then there's a big silver set pin, um, for lack of a better term, that you unthread from the housing, thread it into another hole, and it locks the AZ EQ6 head into the alt-as position. Um, that has a hex head in there too, so you can really lock it down if you really need to do it. Um, and this is where you can actually use the secondary saddle if you want. You don't have to do um, AZ mode with two scopes. You can do it with one um, if you want. But it's kind of do visual work. What mount can I do imaging with? Um, what might be going on with it um, to allow me to get the best mount for the money? And the nice thing about this is you get an Alt-As mount, which is really convenient for visual work. You don't have to polar align it. You probably don't have to balance it. You just pop it out there, throw your tube on it, um, and align it to a couple stars, and you're good to go. Uh, but then a lot of people want to do imaging, and imaging is really done best with an equatorial mount. So that's the nice thing about this is you can just easily, you know, polar align it, put, put the weights on it, polar align it, get ready to go, and now you've got a, you know, 40-something pound payload Im imaging system um, ready to go. So that's where the AZ EQ6 has been very popular over the years is because it has that convenience. Another thing about it is it does have that big 44 pound payload. So a lot of alt azimuths on the market are very limited in payload. Like our, even our little AZ GTI, I've seen people overmount that thing ridiculously. So, um, there's not a lot of really solid Alt-As mounts out there for uh, visual work. Um, the best one that comes to mind is like the DM6 from Disc Mounts, which is a very nice mount. Um, but that doesn't have tracking on board. So, you know, it just depends on what you're looking for. Uh, but the AZ EQ6 is going to give you that 40, 44 pound payload capability in Alt-As mode. And that is correct per side. So it can hold over 80 pounds on both sides. Um, or total of hardware in Alt-As mode. And it does it in a pretty... It, it really comes down to how long the tubes are because moment arm is really going to affect a lot of that. But it also works really good with like a Newtonian. Um, gives you kind of a tracking daub, if you will, on a tripod. Kind of a, you know, something around there. But it's a nice setup there. But that brings us into payload. Like I said earlier, 44 pounds is basically its limit. Um... And because it has that DV saddle, you can use very pretty much any popular tube on the market within its you know realistic um, payload limitations. So we're talking like most of the six-inch refractors on the market, you know, up to like an 11-inch Schmidt Cassegrain, 10-inch Newtonians, you know, pretty serious stuff that you could use for visual work. Um, you can see right there, this is from Neef a couple of years ago. This is uh, with the Lunt um, LS152 double stack uh, scope that they've got. Uh, Lunt actually has two or three of these mounts at this point. They use them to demo um, a lot of their hardware because it does that Altaz dual configuration allows them to mount multiple telescopes during uh, display and really does help them. So if you've ever been to Neef or any of the big trade shows where Lunt has been at, they have a couple AZ EQ6s that they do bring out because of that convenience. Um, I think they test with them in Tucson a lot as well. Um, depending on what they've got going on. Imaging wise, um, I would probably say up to about 30 something pounds roughly just to be, you know, uh, just to be pretty solid on your setup there. 
Um, you never want to push a mount to its listed payload to the very limit. Um, I would probably reserve, um, be a little conservative on that. Uh, so I'd probably say 30, you know, probably 35 pounds um, would be my recommendation for an imaging system just to make sure it's solid. If you've got any breeze coming out um, or you're walking around your setup, it's just for best rigidity, that's probably what I would uh, recommend. You know, probably up to something like an Esprit 120 or five inch refractors are pretty solid. You know, eight inch Cassegrain, eight inch Newtonians, somewhere in there. Um, these mounts would be pretty forgiving if you're trying to do astrophotography with those. Um, a lot of people are shooting with these really small refractors now, which is really what these mounts are designed for. Um, honestly, if you're looking for something to image with, and you're in that 40 pound class, you know, whether it's an EQ6R, uh, AZ EQ6, C Gem, blah, 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 everything in that payload capacity, they're really best probably suited for a serious imaging setup with like a four inch refractor um, or something of that nature, just so you've got a super solid platform um, to go off of. Um, but do keep an eye on the moment arm or how long the tube is. If you have a really long tube, you know, you can be more susceptible. Um, just because a mount is listed for X amount of payload, um, there's a lot of variables that will affect that. So, yeah, your tube is, you know, 30 pounds, but it's 8 feet long. That gets a little interesting. So, you know, just be aware. So, most of you know what we're talking about anyway because you've been in this before. Um, but if you're just new to this, um, you know, do some digging don't feel like you can't reach out to us if you have questions on any of these products either. Uh, computer connection can be done in two ways. Everyone wants to hook something up to these things now. Um, two ways that can be done through the hand controller USB-B port. Um, you will we'll need ASCOM drivers if you're going to connect it to most things. Unless you're using like the SkyX from Software Bisque. You don't need any ASCOM drivers using that software. They have their own internal driver. That's why we like using that. Uh, less things to worry about. Uh, you can also use the built-in USB-B on the side uh, plate of the mount. This can be used with the SynScan Pro app for Windows um, to do a direct connection um, if you like. And hopefully more uh, things, more softwares will take advantage of this in the future because I know everyone's always wanting to basically uh, connect that to whatever it's going to be. Um, but we try to be as multi-role as possible with these mounts uh, to make sure it's going to do what you need to do um, in the future there. Now, this is a big thing that comes up quite a bit is the AZ EQ6 versus the EQ6R. What's the difference? Why should I get one or the other one? Um, but this is our biggest comparison that comes up, you know, multiple times a month is, you know, which one should I take a look at? Um so let me just break this down. There's very few differences uh, between the two. So first off, AZ EQ6, it can do AZ or EQ mode, where an EQ6R is only an EQ mount. That's basically um, the thing. Uh, AZ EQ6 has the dual scope capability because it's got the two saddles, where an EQ6R is a single scope, unless you're using like a tandem plate or something like that. It's basically designed for one scope at that point. Uh, Freedom Find, AZ EQ6 has the Freedom Find, um, where the EQ6R doesn't have any Freedom Find. 
Um, and then lastly, the AZ EQ6 doesn't have that carry handle like an EQ6R does, which is actually really convenient um, when you're tearing down um, the mount or moving it around. Um, that handle does come in handy quite a bit. The EQ6R really evolved from the AZ EQ6. AZ EQ6 is an older mount. Um, so a lot of the technology that's in an EQ6R kind of blends, you know, what we learned from the EQ6, what we learned from the AZ EQ6, and blends it into the modern equivalent of that. Um, but that's really where that's at. Um, an AZ EQ6 is really ideal for like outreach and education programs because the Altaz configuration makes it very easy to just set the thing up, put what you need on there, get it aligned, and get on with what you're doing. Um, you know, there's a lot of uh, programs that I've seen that have used the double um, Altaz setup because you can do solar observing with that, which is really convenient if you've got like a hydrogen alpha telescope and then maybe a white light telescope to have those two sides. That's probably one of the biggest things is for solar observing. That's very, very convenient. Um, I know we have a lot of institutions that use these mounts across the world for that very reason. Um, and uh, Altaz mode also makes it really convenient if you're just doing outreach, you don't need imaging. You can leave the counterweights at home. You can just pop your refractor or whatever you're using on there and uh you're good to go um, with that now it does double as a solid imaging mount because you do have that eq mode um, on there which is really nice um, if you're trying to get everything uh together on there so if you want a mount that does you know a little bit of everything that's where the az eq6 uh really differs between it it is a more expensive mount um so generally for people who are reaching out and they're like, hey, I'm looking for a mount. It's like, okay, what do you want to do? Like I want to do astrophotography. And most of the time I would just say save the few hundred dollars um, and get yourself an EQ6R. If you're just wanting to do imaging, uh, you can then apply that you know, few hundred dollars to getting a motor focuser, or maybe getting some filters or upgrading something on your imaging setup. But you don't really need the Alt-As setup if you're just doing astrophotography. Now, if you know you really want that AZ feature, that's where the AZ EQ6 is probably going to be definitely worth uh, taking a serious look at. But that really comes down to you. And if you feel that that AZ capability is a big advantage for you, if it is, then that's where I would definitely say, yeah, definitely get an AZ EQ6 over an EQ6R. Um, but it, it really has to come down to what you are looking for. Um, if you're on the fence where it's like, I do serious viewing and imaging, then an AZ EQ6 might be something of interest, but it really boils down to, do you need or really want that AZ, uh, setup, um, there. So that's really what that comes down to between the two mounts on there. I know there's a couple technical questions. I figure we could just jump into that. Now we blew through this really quickly. Um, but some of these questions might take some time to actually pop through. Um, so let me, and there's a lot of them out there. Um, so thanks for those of you who are hanging out this morning, uh, with us. Uh, we answered some of them earlier, but if you've just got here, um, I'll just blow through them really quick. Uh, why does it use brass ring gears? I'm not an engineer. I don't know. I think someone explained that, um, in the chat there that brass can be beneficial for making a gear. Um, I would like to know that. I'll have to ask. Um, uh, can we buy belts? Yes, we do stock belts um, here in the U.S. Um, in our repair facility. We generally sell them by the set, so you can buy two of them. 
Um, you can check with our support at skywatcherusa.com, email them, and they'll get you pricing and availability on belts, but we do generally stock them. Uh, by the way, at the moment of this recording, parts are very limited and difficult to get right now in a timely fashion. So if you're like, hey, I need 12 belts, no one needs 12 belts. You can get a set, um, but we do have them. If you need them, they are available. We try to be really good about parts. We understand stuff breaks, stuff wears out. You know, we're here. If you need parts, I have them. We can get them to you. If I don't have them, we can also order them, but just understand it takes time to get them. Um, Ethernet for using a, you can use a longer Ethernet cable if you need a longer hand controller cable. I'd say up to about six feet would be my recommendation, but just a basic Ethernet cable would work. Cat five, cat six, whatever. Um, Indie drivers. I don't know much about indie drivers. I know that's becoming more of a thing, um, but I'm not sure. I can't uh, picture. Um, I don't know enough about the indie drivers off the top of my head to really state that. Um, you might need to do some digging on that. Um, if there is an indie driver out there that works with one of our mounts, it probably should work with the rest, but you might need to double check on that. Uh, will you have replacement knobs, green anodized aluminum? That'd be awesome to have that. But um, the knobs right now are made of plastic. Um, when we start talking about machined anodized parts, that gets expensive. And it does cause the product to go up in price um, if you need that. Um, so it's it's kind of hard to maintain this balance when you're doing mass production products. Is You want to have something that's really nice and quality um, but you also want to make it to where it balances into a price point that it'll sell. So that's why, you know, certain products, um, that have those nicer features are going to cost a lot more. Um, so if I had the big question is when you're doing product development and stuff like this is, is the, are those aluminum knobs that are going to cost whatever to make going to sell that much more mounts? A lot of times the answer is no. And that's just the reality of it. If you want a nice knob set on there, um, go to ADM. Um, Anthony makes some really awesome uh, saddles that have really nice matching green, big machined knobs that do a very uh, nice job. So um, you can add that if you want, uh, but go over to ADM Accessories and check them out. They've got stuff right now. Uh, let's see... Do they have hex uh, bolts to tighten them in the winter or just hand tighten? Last time I saw an AZ EQ6, um, they just use hand knobs. Uh, the EQ6R does have hex bolts inside of their uh, clamps, uh, the knobs that tighten down the saddles. So you could use a hex wrench inside of there. And I believe the newer HEQ5s, which have the same handles, um, do I'll have to double check though. They might have shifted over to the newer handles on an AZ EQ6. It's been a while since I've seen a brand new AZ EQ6 out of a box, mainly because everything that comes in flies right back out the door. Um, but it would be nice if we did switch to those other handles, but I can't confirm that right now without having seen one. Uh, 44 pounds each side, 80, 88 pounds total. Yeah, that would be the maximum is about 40, 44 pounds per side. Um, again, that would be the max payload limit on there. Um, and you'll just have to double check if that's going to work for your setup there. 
that's really kind of pushing the upper edge to it. But you could easily put like a six inch triplet refractor on this in Altaz mode. We've done that for star parties. We'll set up in a Spree 150, pop that on the side, and it works great as an Altaz, you know, showcase uh, mount for outreach or viewing events, or it makes it really convenient. So it can hold any realistic thing that you're going to want to put. You know, if you're starting to get to something like a C14 or big like that, then you're asking a bit much and you're going to have to go to a larger mount. But if you've got something like a C11 or smaller, you should be okay um, on that. Uh, let's see. Uh, all of the knobs are made of plastic. At least the handle portion is made of plastic. The rest of it's machined metal um, that goes inside of the mount. Let's see. I keep my EQ6R out for a few days at a time, and it's like zero degrees some nights. Is that bad for the mount? The grease that we use in there uh, can go much colder than negative, or that can go much colder than zero. Um, it's called super lube, is what it is. Um, is the grease that we generally use on the the gears on our mounts. Um, that can get. I don't have it in front of me. I told someone the spec. It, it can get negative. It's far in the negatives, so you should be good to go. Um, but anything beyond zero degrees on our mounts, um, I have a lot of people who are using them below freezing and they work fine. Um, but you want to be careful because the metal and stuff will constrict in colder environments. So I have a lot of people who really like to mesh with or mess with the gear mesh. Everyone always wants that real flat line on guiding. And the first thing they think they need to do is screw around with gear mesh. Um, they do a very good job at the factory of meshing these and tightening them to right about where they need to be. Um, you can easily tighten these too much, which might be okay in the summer, but then in the winter, it's going to constrict down and slam those things together. So the teeth are going to be real tight. So um, it, I've seen it vary sample to sample. That's just mass production. Every mount's going to be a little bit different than one another, but... Um, leaving your mount outside should be okay. Um, use caution on any of that, though. I have 365 covers on mounts. I have a paramount that pretty much lives outside sometimes under 365 covers, um, EQ6. Um, but yeah, a good cover is required. But if there's a lot of moisture out there that can get stuck up inside the cover, that can I've had people damage their mounts because of humidity that gets stuck inside of the cover, drips onto their mount, and really gets in there, um, that can be an issue. So just use caution. Um, and if you are leaving your hardware outside, even if it's under covers, you're doing so on your own accord at that point. So just, you know, make good decisions. Uh, leg diameter. These are two inch stainless rolled stainless steel legs on these ones. That's pretty typical for all the EQ sixes over the past uh, EQ six. Um, AZ EQ6, EQ6R, they all use the same tripod. Very sturdy, um, heavy tripod. Not heavy, but it is, it's a chunk. It's, you know, it's no lightweight tripod for what it is. Uh, but yeah, two inch rolled steel stainless uh, tripods uh, for this mount. Differences between this and the AZ EQ6 GT. So there's a really. The naming convention is kind of weird with Skywatcher. I mean, there's like the AZ EQ6 GT. Some people will see Pro, blah, 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 blah. There's only one AZ EQ6. There's only one EQ6R. There's only one HEQ5. Some people, you know, will see Pro behind it. Some won't. 
basically in marketing terminology for Skywatcher, if it says pro behind it, it's really intended for astrophotography. Sometimes that'll get left out depending on who you talk to and they'll just shorten the name, but there's only one version of it. So don't, don't worry about it. If one company says, Oh, it's a GT. Another company says, this is pro. It's the same thing. It's there's, there's only one mount. We don't make multiple versions of, uh, mounts. And if we do, it would be something like the EQ8R or EQARH. Well, it'll clearly be listed different and why. So, uh, hopefully that, uh, helps out on that. Uh, mount weight. I think the mount head is uh, just under 50 pounds, like 45 pounds or something like that. It's not terrible. It is, it's a chunk of metal, but you know, there's a lot of people are like, ah, oh, it's a heavy mount. It's like, okay, well, do you want it to be rigid or do you want it to blow away like a leaf? Um, so it's, it's hard to make a real solid mount, um, and make it really lightweight at the same time. Now there are new amounts that are coming out like these harmonic drive mounts, which are very interesting. Um, they are lightweight, uh, which is really what you're paying for on that. But there's always going to be compromises somewhere um, with a mount. So, you know, it's also gets more expensive to make mounts that way. Uh, if you're trying to get it lightweighted and all that, um, if you ever seen a software bisque mount, you really look close at how they machine those. The machining on those are impeccable. Um, but it's expensive to hog out all that metal. So it is a bit hefty for what it is. It's not terrible, but it's pretty solid. So there you go. Uh, difference between the AZ-EQ5 and AZ-EQ6. Um, it's basically the payload. Is The AZ-EQ5 is just a lighter, smaller version of the AZ-EQ6. They're... I mean, it's just lighter. There's a couple little differences on them, but the big thing is the AZ EQ5 is really listed for 30 pounds and the AZ EQ6 is listed for 44. So that's kind of the the big difference uh, between those two. Uh, one thing uh, you should know about it, the AZ EQ6 is very unique as far as its counterweight bar. The counterweight bar, I think, is a one-inch diameter shaft. Um, as opposed to the smaller ones that you see on a lot of our other mounts, it's the only one in the Skywatcher line that has this diameter bar. I don't know why. I mean, I know why for the purpose of having the second telescope on there because it's much more solid, but I don't know why they didn't implement that bar on like a EQ6R or why it's not visible on it, why it's not used on any other mount. Um, cause it is, it is more rigid. Um, the bar also does retract up inside the mount head like an EQ6R does. So if you do get a mount and you're like, where's my counterweight bar? Um, it's inside the mount. Um, but one thing I would like to let people know is if you do own one of these or you're thinking about getting one, the counterweights for this particular mount are unique to this mount. It, the, the counterweights here, they are the 11 pound weights that you see. They look very similar, but the bore size in the middle there is a larger bore. It's a one inch bore as opposed to the smaller sizes used on pretty much all of our other weights. So you can't get an EQ6 weight and pop it on an AZ EQ6. So um, just be aware of that. Um, let's see. How long does it take to convert an AZ mode to EQ mode? Um, a minute, minute and a half. Um, depends on how much hardware you're putting on there. Um, but it's very easy to do. 
um you know if you got a bunch of counterweights and you're adding a second scope probably a little bit longer to get that all balanced but to move the head from eq to az mode can be done within a minute um if the payload's not super heavy you can actually do it with it under load um as well um, it's got a big lever on the back of there where you can actually make the adjustment and it's quite smooth actually so it's really well done um and all of that uh, i know some people are saying there's no manual on our website we'll get that corrected um but that's you know something that should be up there i don't know why it's not up there but we will get that there's a pdf you can go to skywatcher.com the global website and the manual should be there if you need it um but we'll try to get it on the u.s uh, page as well um for anybody in our region um real quick there was another one in here can an eq6r handle a 10 inch rc for ap um i don't know how much those weigh and we're getting into the nitty gritty of that at that point because it's again it's like oh, okay the payload is 44 pounds the rc will say weighs 30 pounds so technically you're under the weight however rcs and a lot of these cassegrains are fairly long focal length um you're talking about you know 25 28 3000 millimeter focal length the gear on an eq6 anybody in the eq any of the telescopes any of the mounts in an eq6 product line are probably about four inches in diameter that's not super large you know, when you're shooting these long focal length scopes, a bigger gear is going to give you better, smoother tracking. So, yeah, while you are under the listed payload limit, usability in the real world on longer focal length instruments, you're probably pushing it. Um, it's, it has been done. You can do it. But if you want to use like a longer focal length uh, instrument like a Ritchie or an edge hd or an acf or whatever's out there and you want to shoot at those longer focal lengths um yes you are under the payload limit but you would probably do better with a mount that has a, a slightly bigger gear um, to give you better smoother tracking because you're amplifying that a lot with those longer focal lengths so you know probably something more like a g11 uh, from los mondi um or getting up into the more serious mounts that have those larger gears would be more beneficial and give you better tracking for that. So yeah, it's under the payload limit. Yeah, you could probably do it, but if you want the best tracking for longer focal length, I would go a little bit bigger um, on the mounts from a real world uh, perspective on that. So hopefully that helps. Um, but yeah, so that pretty much that's pretty much all I got on the AZ EQ6. We actually landed that pretty well as far as timing. I figured there'd be a lot of questions on this mount. Um, but uh, if you have any further questions, you can go ahead and reach out to us or your local distributor. They'd be happy to help you out there um, regarding that or probably any other Skywatcher product that you've got. Uh, if you like what you see here on the What's Up webcast, we appreciate you hanging out on your Friday morning with us. Please go ahead and hit subscribe. Leave a like to a video. If you've got an idea for a video, go ahead and email us at info at skywatcherusa.com. Title it What's Up and let us know what's on your mind. We're always happy to have uh, questions and comments. We don't do complaints, so don't worry about that one. Um, but yeah, that is pretty much it for uh, this episode. Next week, we're going to be talking how to match your camera to your telescope. This is a big way to get sharp images um, off, of your, off of your imaging setup. Uh, so we're going to dive into that. If you can match the telescope and the camera together, you're going to get some of the best images that your instrument and your site can produce. 
Um, so we'll go into the nitty gritty on that. So we'll definitely see you guys next week for that. Um, but overall, we really appreciate you guys hanging out on your Friday morning with us. Uh, thanks for being cool. Please have a great weekend. Go out and do some observing and we'll catch you guys next Friday. Have a great weekend, everyone. Stay safe and we'll see you guys next week. Take care. Bye.